Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Have you ever been truly vulnerable with key people in your life? In this Bite Size from episode number 46, entrepreneur Lisa Messenger shares how she brought true vulnerability to the corporate stage in her keynotes. And this was done years before Brene Brown. I can remember seeing Lisa at a Day of Inspiration keynote. This must be 13 or 14 years ago. And she stood on stage and openly, she just dropped her guard and spoke so candidly about her challenges and some of the battles that she had had. And I remember being in that stage going, oh, why is she doing that? People are going to look down on her. And I was so wrong. I looked around and just went, wow, people were just like literally physically leaning forward and they could not get enough of of Lisa and her story. And at the end, people were lined up, like so many people wanted to talk to her. Some were hugging her. There were a few people crying. In this episode, Lisa shares her struggles, including a long battle against alcoholism and what she learned from this and how she's helped a lot of other people with similar challenges. I want to commend you and I want to thank you publicly for being one of the first people way before Brene Brown made it cool. I saw you get up on stage. You and I spoke at an event that Gary Burt Whistle put on, um, Day of Inspiration. Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> and you got up on stage. And so this was way before vulnerability was even a conversation in the boardroom. I think it's overdone now for not the right reasons because you have some people going, I'm going to be vulnerable so I connect with hearts and minds. And I know you be vulnerable and you show vulnerability. You stood up on that stage and you spoke about sobriety and you spoke about, I think you said your crazy monkey mind, and you spoke about the highs and lows. And I was sitting there and first of all, Lisa, I just went, oh my God. I can't believe she's saying this. Like, no one says that. It challenged me. And then it was like, oh, people don't want the facade. So I saw how you connected with the audience and you connected with yourself. So I wanted to thank you. Long before Brene Brown made vulnerability the corporate lexicon, you were being vulnerable. Is that something you consciously chose? Did that just happen that day? Gosh, thank you. I just got shivers because you know how I feel about you. I think you're one of the greatest speakers I've ever seen. So I just went into like this whole, oh gosh, did I even speak on the same stage as you back then? Wow. (laughs) Thank you. Um, The vulnerability piece, do you know, I, it was never purposeful and it was never really purpose for me to put myself out there so much. I can talk about AA. I mean, see, this is a vulnerable thing. Still people are like, AA, you went to AA. I mean, when I gave up drinking 16 years ago, I went to AA every single day for probably nearly a year. And as part of that process, you have to stand up and tell what was the change and what it's like now. And it used to kill me, like, just to stand up there and talk about the fear, remorse, grief, loathing, like everything that I felt about myself. It was excruciating. But I found so much liberation and freedom in that. And also in those rooms, I just found that there were actors and businessmen and, you know, people living on the street and there was every walk of life and everyone from every part of society and it was a great normalizer and it was extraordinarily grounding and humbling. And I think I probably took that and the power of that which was not talked about and started thinking, wow, as I got more and more well and sober and I realized that other people would come into those rooms who were just at the beginning of their journey. And so that gave me the impetus to tell my story. And so probably I realized, you know, 
the power that was having and how much that was helping other people and how people had helped me at the beginning of my journey. And maybe because of that, I started sharing more openly and vulnerably in the real world. And what I realized is, and this is the kicker of the whole thing, and this is what I think so many people don't get, when you're vulnerable and open and authentic and real, there's nothing that can keep you small or afraid or in fear because everything's out there, right? So it's actually in and of itself extraordinarily liberating. And so whilst it may to some seem like selfless and brave that I'm doing that, it actually means that I can live a really kind of relatively easy life because there's nothing in the closet. You know, there's not going to be any shocks if someone suddenly says, ooh, I heard you gave up drinking and you went to AA. I'm like, yeah, cool. So pretty much everything in my life is out there. And so the vulnerability piece actually makes it a much cleaner way to live. Do you think before that you were acting? So I mean that metaphorically, you said you were with actors and business people and everything else. And do you think a lot of us, a lot of people listening to this are acting as well, pretending we've got our shit together when we don't? Oh, I was always acting. My God. Like if you have looked from the outside in and would I have met you when I was still drinking? Probably just after. I met you. I think the publishing we did, God, This is, I didn't realise we we're going to go down memory lane. I just <laughs> thought I'd say you are born in Cooler and I'm from Dubbo. Let's get on with it, Messenger. <laughs> I finished working with the Aussie cricket team in 2005, 2006, and then self-published 2006, 2007. Yeah. So, uh, no, so I'd given up drinking then, but no, before then, most definitely from the outside in, I mean, I started my first business 2001. So for three years, you know, I ran what people would deem a successful, small, very small business at the time from the outside in everything. And this is many people, my life looked really squeaky clean. You know, I was fun. I was outgoing. I was, you know, relatively successful. I was, you know, a high achiever, but underneath I was absolutely dying, you know, and it's very, very exhausting and difficult to keep up that facade when you're kind of, here I am presenting one thing, wearing a mask and going home and feeling like inadequate, lack of self-worth, like, you know, feelings of loathing, like everything else that goes with it. And so, no, it's excruciating and still, to this day, you know, there are times absolutely when my ego takes over and kicks in and it's like, you know, I'm this, I'm this and it's bravado. And again, I'm wearing a mask and I try to have awareness around that and strip that back very quickly. But sure, I still go into that sometimes. Absolutely. Hi again, it's Andrew and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. We would appreciate if you helped to amplify the Performance Intelligence Podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience, and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite, or purchasing one of the books I've written, including MatchFit, or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com and we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence.